One, two, three, clap. I, I've never found clapping so hard until the show. Like, I concentrate <laughs> so hard on it. Greetings, my excellent friends, and welcome back to the San Dimas School of Film podcast. Join us on our most excellent adventure through time as we discuss all genres of film. My name is Tim. And with a new bit of a new segment today, getting to know your podcast in the booth today, we have Al's Jewel and Brad. How are we? Good. 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 Should I be nervous? <laughs> great, great segment. Okay, yeah. moving on. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it, one of my favourites. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, Rick Gerbs has been bloody chomping at the bit to get this one to us um, as a listener, and he's he's requested before. Um, and look, it's it's no secret that we're quite used to we're now quite used to voter fraud here at the San Dimas School of Film, based on the fact that Rick is now bribing <laughs> us officially. So, if anyone else is thinking of doing the same, by all means, we're not going to say no. We're um, all for bribes, hundred percent. We, we accept yeah. them gleefully, and we'll give you a receipt if you need. <laughs> well, all right. Not I wasn't. I wasn't aware of the accounting yet. But fantastic. Um, <laughs> Rick's taking us back to 2002 to watch uh, the, jeez, uh, what is drama and a comedy, a weird comedy adaptation. Yes. I, oh, I can't man. bloody yes. wait to get into this one, for sure. Yep. Genre spanning. It really is, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, before we get started, though, it is important that here at the San Dimas School of Film that we acknowledge and are grateful to our first storytellers, the Wurundjeri people, of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the unceded lands that we are recording on. Let's get back to 2002, Jules. Gentlemen, we're history. Love a good cha. Cha 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 cha. 2002. I believe Jules, you. Well, I'm not. I'm just assuming that you graduated school in this year that I did. You may have stayed back a year. Wouldn't surprise me. 2002 sounds about right. I would have to check the the circuits of time for that one. It doesn't really matter, does it? Um. Let's let's assume, yeah. But look, to find out what else happened in that year, I'm more than happy to pass over to our resident historian, Brad, for History with Brad, History with Brad, History with Brad, History with Brad. Solid commitment, Timmy. Yeah, well done, Tim. Sometimes you just got to, you know, if you want it done right, just do it yourself. Yeah, well, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's why exactly Brad never right. does the theme yeah. song. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Uh, adaptation 2002, rated MA, quite appropriately. Uh, hour and 55 minutes and a standard aspect ratio of. Did you freeze, Jules? Jules is frozen. <laughs> oh, whatever. Uh, one oh, he has frozen. Holy was... crap. I thought he was just thinking. <laughs> yeah, well, he's stuck on a thinking face. That is so... That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. Anyway, uh, 1.85 to 1. Um, things that happened in 2002. There were a lot of terrorism stuff going around, so I kind of left that out of it. Um, the Queen Mum died, um, oh. surprisingly, because she's some form of vampire. So, you know, 
she wasn't expected to die ever. Um, the Bali bombings was probably the one terrorist thing that probably affected Australia the most, so that happened. The Winter Olympics was in Salt Lake City. Uh, Brazil beat Germany in the World Cup soccer final to become the first nation to win five times, and they're also the first nation to win every single game in the World Cup. Um, Michael Jackson received the Artist of the Century Award. And the Euro uh, begins official circulation in 12 countries of Europe. Um, Oscars went to... 2002? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Um, the Oscars went to Beautiful Mind for Best Film, Halle Berry for Monsters Ball, and Denzel Washington for Training Day. Ooh. I still haven't seen Beautiful Mind. Is it really that great? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, Beautiful okay. Mind. Which one yeah. was that? That's the Russell Crowe Is that one, the Russell Crowe right? Russell Crowe, yep. Russell Crowe yeah. does math. The math. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's it. I've seen it. All right, move on. <laughs> Do you want to multiply? <laughs> Are you no, not a remainder? <laughs> Are you not a trigonometry? <laughs> My name is Maximus Pythagoras. Oh, oh, Al's now frozen too. Al's, jeez, oh. we're, froze, we're freezing oh. one at a time here. This is brutal. Sorry about that. I'm on. I'm on my phone. Uh, no, Jules is back. Wi-Fi. Hi, Jules. Al, Welcome back. Al, 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 back. Al looks back now. I think so. Yeah. I'm back. <laughs> Great wow. segment, um, Thank you. Cool. No worries. That was a good one. Um, this movie, like seriously, <sighs> I freaking wow. love this movie. They they just got a whole what? heap of ideas, <laughs> put them in a hat, and either just started. <laughs> picking them out one by one or dumped them all on the floor and just randomly picked them up and went, let's make a movie out of this because this is batshit crazy, this film. Absolutely <laughs> just well, okay, mental. Hey, it is so good. <laughs> <laughs> really, really quickly, do you guys know... I, now, I didn't do much research into this. I probably should have, but I always like to ask the questions and throw you guys under the bus. Do you guys know... Like, is the, the book that's about the... Um, I can't, for the life of me, I can't remember what the, it was called. The, the book Orchid about the, the orchids, the original one. Yeah, The Orchid Thief, thank you. Uh, like, is this a real book or is this... Yeah. Like, is, was this, this, is. this was a whole process, right? So this process is based on real life. Yeah. So we can only assume that the insanity of this movie is like him going through all this insane drama is what actually happened? Well, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> So it's a real book. Yeah. Charlie Kaufman is a real person. He's the screenwriter. He really had writer's yep. block. Yep. He really had writer's block trying to adapt this book. Yeah. So a lot of it is true. Doesn't have a twin brother. Doesn't have a twin brother. Despite the fact that right. Donald Kaufman was nominated for an Oscar as <laughs> best, best screenwriter. Um, and, he, and I think he was separately <laughs> credited too. Nick yeah, Cage yeah, for, yeah, um, sep- yeah, yeah. <laughs> for doing both. Wow. Yeah. So, well, they're credited. They're both credited as the screenwriters at the start of the film. It says written by Charlie and and Donald and yep. Donald, um, which I think is real. It's great because it really is, and I'll I'll get to that point later. But it's great. This is I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen this, and uh, I was I was worried. Coming into this one, I'm like, oh, is this held up? Is this going to be a bit more problematic now? Um, and it's it's pretty great. It's it, pretty great. It, it held up and it wasn't any more problematic than it ever was before. This movie is <laughs> fantastic. That's true. That's very true. Um, 
I think the main thing that, like, I loved about this viewing was pretty much everything that Charlie says to Donald is a terrible way of writing a script ends up in this movie. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. I, and I just think that, like, when he's talking about the multiple personalities, which is basically Donald, and he's yeah. talking about car chases, the gunfights, all this sort of stuff, yeah, about how it's lazy script writing, and it ends and, up well, in... Well, and it's like the voiceover, like the voiceover. The voiceover, yeah. The narrative is the very, very oh. first thing we hear. Like, yep. It's yep. literally the first thing on screen. Um, so, that, yeah, there's this whole, like, meta mix going on that makes this film like baffling what i what i dug about it this time is that it was i i like how super confusing it is like there are a lot of time jumps early on you know it's Mm. like present day and then it goes back three years and then it goes back five years maybe or another three years like it's quite confusing but actually it's still really it's written so well that it's really easy to follow Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah, it have is. Any it's, it is. Yeah, you didn't have any trouble sort of working out what was going on with the time frames, particularly uh, the, later. With the time frames, they, yes. Yeah, particularly later when they start overlapping. You know, when like uh, the Kaufman brothers meet uh, Susan, and you know, there's all that overlapping happening. Mm. Um, but you still like, I didn't have any trouble following it this time. I mean, and the movie's like. The, the more the more it goes on, the more it seems to catch up with itself. All the way to the point where he, uh, you know, he's narrating what he's actually doing on screen. So it's like, you know, yeah, you're super confused at the start because everything's so separated, and then you know, as it rolls on, it just gets closer and closer and closer and closer together. But like you, Al, I, I hadn't seen this. I, I I wasn't sure if I had seen this movie or not, but I did. I had seen it a long time ago, like you know, early two thousands, probably not that long after it came out. And I was, oh, sure. I think at the end of our last episode, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. And um, I think I was, I was about maybe five or ten minutes in, and I'm like, oh, I've absolutely seen this. I, I yeah. do remember this film quite vividly. And yeah. this is like, this is a solid team. This is Spike Jones directed, yeah, uh, and his stuff's pretty great. And um, Charlie Kaufman written, and Charlie's gone on to uh, direct stuff as well. Uh, and I know Rick is a Rick, uh, who's the listener. Uh, listener request for this episode. He um, he's a big Charlie Kaufman fan, um, and there's a new one out that I haven't seen yet. It's on Netflix. It's called uh, it's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Yeah, right. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's I've been, pretty, although I've seen it on Netflix. I haven't actually watched it yet, but yeah, okay. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty weird apparently. So what what is you, I may not have heard it because I dropped out during the history with Brad. But what are some of the other uh, Charlie's films, like I know uh, that he's written being John Malkovich. Yeah, he wrote John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich, Eternal Sunshine. Obviously, the start of this one. Ah, yeah, right. He did Eternal Sunshine, did he? Mm-hmm. He wrote okay. it. Okay, yeah, wrote that's it, that's yeah. a that's a pretty heavy film. Yeah, that's I crazy, love that, that film. film. It's, it's mm-hmm. really well I'm done. A big fan of that one, and that's a really nice match. Uh, so that was directed by uh, Michelle Gondry, who who does these amazing like dream like sequence not like dream sequences but dream you know very like ethereal really nice he mm. did um he was a he may have directed actually uh be kind rewind oh um, i love that movie yeah yeah it's really underrated i reckon people like, it's super underrated yeah but, but then um, you, you start just re- like not to talk too much about be kind Rewind, but uh like then you start to get into the whole like 
like it's got this underground subculture of people doing the whole sweeting films. Like it just kind of exploded because of because of Be Kind of Rewind. It's just yeah. bizarre. So. Yeah, yeah. So that was a that, so Eternal Sunshine was Michelle Gondry uh, directed and Charlie Kaufman written, and it's a really nice match of both of their talents and skills. And I think uh, Spike Jones has a similar thing with Kaufman, like. I I really like being John Malkovich as well. I think it's bizarre and I saw that once and it was yeah, it was nutty for sure. Yeah, That's, it's mm. out there. <laughs> it's definitely out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and um, this like nicely continues on. This is almost like a, a sequel, really. Mm. Um mm. Yeah, yeah well they even even that opening scene of where he's on set and you know, John Malkovich is talking to all the people in the John Malkovich masks and Yeah. It's um yeah. Interesting. So this movie, if you were to ex- explain this movie to someone, one, that would be very hard without actually watching it uh, or, <laughs> or a whiteboard. Um, but it plays out real, like it's, it's a really well-constructed film. So for the amount of stuff that's going on in this film, it flows really nicely. And, it, and as we were saying earlier, you do follow what's going on quite easily. So as chaotic and bizarre and batshit crazy as everything that's happening is, they really hold it together in a really nice sort of flow through the film. So you're, you're not really wondering <laughs> too much what's going on. You're wondering why stuff's going on, but you're not really wondering what's going on as far as the context of what's happening in the film. So it's, it's really well done considering how, as I said, how just completely mental this film is. Yeah, it's the complexity is there, but you don't have to really sit there and try and decipher too much of it. No, it you don't really have to decipher does, much. It's, they, it's it really quite does good. explain it. Yeah, well, I think so it gets kind of... it gets confusing because at some point you start realizing that it's a real book and it's a real person that this is the movie, real people. And <laughs> yeah, is, and the yeah. movie you're watching <laughs> is what like, they're trying to make. <laughs> so, yeah, some of the things I really loved unfolded, like the his first like big crack of the writer's block where he's like talking into the microphone really manically he's like we start at the very beginning and it's a swamp and it's lifeless and yeah you know and he's doing all this thing and then that's the fish that crawls out and you realize hang on that was literally the opening sequence of this correct yep. yeah like, yeah you know yep. and there are a couple moments like that throughout the film that i'm just like oh hang on i think like you know so the the actual narrative of the film is not that challenging but it's then those layerings of like hang on I'm actually watching this film being made. It's like a making of documentary and yeah. narrative film all wrapped up in one. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, yeah. it, you wouldn't refer to that as breaking the fourth wall, would you? That's not breaking the fourth wall, is it? It's well, kind it's of creating a, I think it's creating it's... the fifth or something. Maybe. Yeah, it's a great concept, though. Like, fantastic concept for a film. Yeah, it's yeah. like... I'm having trouble adapting this book. Let's make the the story about that instead of the actual book. Like, but still get still get some of the booky sort of stuff in it somewhere. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> well, I mean, there's well, a scene it, it, where he's... Sorry, Timmy, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, and it's... I love the transition from, well, it's writer's block, writer's block, writer's block, and then, you know, he goes to see... Is it Robert McKee's... He reluctantly goes to he that. He gives up and, yeah. And and then and Robert's like, you need to create, you need to add in the drama. You need to create the story. Oh, and then the film goes from I there. love that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if you don't have a third act, yeah. you know, like to be a hit, you've got to have a great third act. And the cool part about that is 
at the moment he asks Donald for help, mm. that's when the third act kicks. That's the start of the third act. That's when yeah. the fiction comes yeah. in. When Donald comes in and the whole thing yeah. just goes like... Goes bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I love... And I, I th- that is just a stroke it's of brilliant. It's like, yeah. And, and I sort great, of realised that last night. Sorry, Jules. I realised that no, last okay. night. And I'm like, yes, that's right. I remember why I love this film and this is amazing. Yeah. And Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things because he he well he points it out because he's I can't remember who he's talking to but he's like he's like he's like the book just finishes this way it's like there's nothing there like he's like you know, he's <laughs> talking about it. he's struggling to come come up with an ending you know and he's obviously wanting to be you know because he talks so much about being true to the book he's like I want to catch that essence the passion and etc and like a few characters remark on that but then you know like he's just he's like I got nothing I can't do anything here because. The book just finishes with nothing. So Yeah, sorry. and that's almost and that's like that's to a degree where Charlie's film ends and Donald's film and starts. Donald's, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Cuz all of a sudden there's like instant conspiracy theory and they're like spying on people <laughs> and following them and it's car yeah, drugs and, and the <laughs> gator comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like Oh, yeah. it's off the chain. I love it. It's very good. It's very well um, done. It's full of like all these character actors too, which I really loved. Um, I, I feel like this is Tilda Swinton's most normal role. She's just like an, ex, uh, you know, a movie producer. Um, uh, who else is in this? Doug Jones makes a little appearance at the dinner table. Doug Jones, you wouldn't recognize because he spends most of his life in like heavy prosthetics. He was like, uh, Pan and the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth, and he was Abe Sapien from Hellboy, and yeah, right. um. He's in the new oh, yeah. Star Trek Discovery. All I can't say I'm familiar with the name. He's a real like uh, character performer, um, mm. and I was like, "Hey, that's Doug." Jo-. Like that was weird seeing him just as Doug Jones in a film. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal and <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal. Did, did Vin Ron Diesel make a cameo background? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. like. Judy Greer was in this. Oh, I like Judy Greer. I'm a big yeah. fan of Judy Greer. She was the uh, the waitress. Oh yeah, that was that was super uncomfortable that scene because I was like, the the, the poor guy. He's just asked if you want to come to a, a flower festival, and she made out like he'd, nah, you know, like weird. sexually assaulted her or something. Yeah, it's weird. Really, that's weird. It was, Jules, no. you're doing. Oh, it. Like, hey, the, oh, you really like the guy? The guy from um, Band of Brothers. Um, yeah, Ron Livingston. That's him. Yep. Yeah, from uh, Office Space. Did we mention him already? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. his. Uh, the that's the. Um, uh, not his manager. Yeah, it was. Was it? Was it his I manager? Knows yeah, yeah. So, it was yeah. his mate. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and he was just a horrid person. He was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a horrible person. Um, our three main actors that played our, played our four main actors, though, our four main characters, um, yeah. pretty solid performances from oh, all three of them. Amazing. Obviously, you know, obviously we're never going to get a bad sort of movie out of Meryl Streep ever. But um, yeah. Nick Cage was absolutely fantastic Nick in this. Cage. Oh. Well, he nailed this 100%. I, say, I reckon this is my favourite Nick Cage film, I reckon. Uh, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, come absolutely. on. Really? Yep. Out yep. of all of Nick he Cage's is, insanity? And- <laughs> yep. No, nah, he was on point this. here. Yeah. yeah. And Chris Cooper was, uh, was awesome as well as um, the other guy. What's his name? LaRoche. Uh, John LaRoche. John LaRoche. He, he, was, won, he won the Oscar, didn't he, for Best Supporting? Uh, Might have. <laughs> yeah. Cage was um, he nominated. Was, he was great in this. Like those three guys were were fantastic in this. Yeah, yeah. I um I, I saw uh, Adrian Brody won Best Actor for The Pianist. 
Oh, uh, fair uh, call. The pianist. Oh, the pianist. Yeah, the pianist. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, um, no, like, yeah best uh, supporting, I, I could probably give him that on this one. It was He was good. Yeah, take his teeth out and mm-hmm. yeah. off he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the other thing I was going to say, um, big kudos to Charlie Kaufman for writing himself into a movie and portraying himself with... I don't know him personally, but possibly some honesty or or creating a character that was maybe, well, let's just say, not exactly flattering to him, yeah. yes. I'd say. But <laughs> yeah. so big, big thumbs up to that for, for doing that. Um, you know, a lot of people like to have that humility or, or, or whatever to be able to, to write that character into a film and then base it on yourself or at least name that character yourself. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. It's like a lot of the people that, you know, in um, when they were playing themselves in Entourage, um, mm. you know, they had all the actors playing the actors, but it wasn't really them. It was just, a, you know, they were still playing a character that was written yeah, for them that right. was supposed same, to be that sort of thing. It was the same thing, thing so. with um, extras, anyone who appeared in extras. Like, uh, if you remember the, you know, extras, the, the Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if definitely. You, um, I still remember, is it the Kate Winslet episode? The Kate Winslet yeah, one was a real, really good. She was Oh, she yeah. was horrible. <laughs> uh, and the Dan Radcliffe one is amazing. Oh, yeah, that was good too. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah, Man, um, yeah, yeah great. I love that though. So, but usually they're sort of, they're making themselves yeah. fun. Me too. Yeah, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's, sorry to cut you off there, Brad, but it's, it's more like the, with Dan Radcliffe, it's just, I think, you know, I was always like, oh, look, he did well in the Harry Potters, but everything for me really changed for Dan Radcliffe when I first watched Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Like, yeah, I was just like, man, this guy is awesome. Like, he's on point. Like, I, I think, really I think that's just him. to his credit. He just didn't want to be remembered as just Harry Potter, really. I think. Well, yeah, unfortunately, absolutely. though, he will be just remembered yeah, as Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. Not a bad thing. I'm sure those royalty checks keep rolling in. So you know, it's, oh. I don't, I'm not sure his life's not going to be terrible. Um, as long as his contract was set up right, not like you know. The Star Wars guys, but whatever. Yeah, I um, <laughs> this odd Brad. We last episode we talked briefly about, uh, should I watch this film? High. You're like, should I be on something to watch this film? You're like, maybe watch it first and then watch it again. Yeah, because <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was, I was, I remember, I was pretty stoned. Yeah, right. I'm like, I wonder how Brad's going with this. But then, I, then I, I, I was a, pretty drunk when I watched it, and it added to the effect. I can tell. You <laughs> <laughs> I had a laugh. I had a laugh when uh, Meryl Streep was when Susan was was on the orchid and yep. talking on the phone to LaRoche. <laughs> yeah, she's making the dial tone, <laughs> and they get it, and she's like, "Oh my god, that's fucking amazing!" <laughs> and I'm like, and I wrote down, "I'm like, I'm not on drugs." And that was amazing. That was. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because, like, I think it was, you know, after last last episode, you know, we asked, oh, you know, is it good to watch it on drugs? I actually watched this on 2Endone because... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, your accident, those who don't you know, have... Oh. Yeah, told me about so, his accident this so, morning. <laughs> so, no, no, it was, it was... Yeah, so the, a couple of days ago, for those who don't know, I, I busted my collarbone and had to get surgery. So post-surgery, they've given <laughs> right, me a lot of pain Right killers. when we were due to record. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So, so apologies for the Delaney episode because yes, that was I had my surgery on the Sunday and I was in no no state to be recording. But um, <laughs> we should have recorded. That would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been amazing. But so the the day that I'd planned to watch this, the morning of, 
I'd accidentally taken two endo endone tablets in t- instead of two paracetamol. Oh. And I'm sitting there going, man, I am <laughs> I am floating right now. I don't know why. And then I had that realization. I'm like, oh no, I've had two endone. And I'm like, no, but this is the day I said I was going to watch adaptation. So boom, I watched adaptation <laughs> on drugs, <laughs> and it was you know it was it was a good movie. I still very much enjoyed it. I was just very 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 comfortable while watching. It. <laughs> so, very comfortable. I, I yeah. found odd uh, after the after the whole third act, you know, the the mm. dramatic events of the third act. It seemed like he still had to finish the script. Like, yeah, it's a bit, bit rough, isn't it? That seemed a bit. Yeah, the there wasn't a lot of grieving like, there. Opportunity no. to to grieve Donald. It was yeah, all moved on was very like, quickly. Yeah, yeah. I did think that actually. I thought that. It's one of my. That's probably my major criticism with the whole thing is that that transition from all the action packed and what happened to Donald to just kind of going back, back to normal life. Back to and, normal, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it was just a part of his healing process, though. You know, like maybe he, rather than him being forced to do the script, he was kind of like, you know, what this is going to be good for me. I can I can move on. It's like a part of well, he, his own personal healing. And he tribute. did say something like that, didn't he? He was like, it was good to get it behind me or something but mm. still i don't know it seemed like it's it's good to grieve if you just <laughs> lost your brother and you'd you know watch the dude get eaten by a gator <laughs> you know i'm not sure you'd be bad and, it, and for, someone had tried to murder you yeah, yeah. not sure you'd be bad for finishing your script you on know, this been subject in an accident that had had killed a police officer i think the cop oh, was yeah he, he, yeah the poor he got ranger well. got, yeah for sure oh man yeah there's that a lot to unpack time. there which uh i picked up on a I picked up on a shared universe link before, aside from our regular segment. Um, you know, when they're in the swamp hiding, he talks about there's this really nice conversation they had, and Donald tells this story about a girl he was talking to at high school, and after he walked away, they were laughing at him, and you know, and Charlie's like, "Didn't that make you feel shit?" And he's like, "Nah, that's her business." You know, I get to love who I want to love, and I thought that was that was really nice. But he's like, "Remember that time you were talking to Sarah Marshall?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah. my god, oh, I'm getting Sarah Marshall. We've got a joint universe here." Hundred <laughs> percent. You've got me all panicked now, thinking about how I'm going to connect the Bill and Ted universe with this movie. That's that's freaking insane. <laughs> Bill and Ted go back in time to write the scripts for Bill and Ted so that they can go back in time to save themselves from Bill and Ted. And like, you know, <laughs> you know like oh, something like that. Yeah, no, 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 I, I digress. I had I had interesting thought process about the uh, Bean John Malkovich sequences um, and just the, just the, how that would have, like it, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have shot it while being John Malkovich was shooting, right? That's that's not the shit yeah, Malkovich They would have shoot. had to recreate that. They, yeah, they would have recreated, which meant they got John Cusack back, they got uh, uh, Catherine Kenny back in, um, you know, and all these people, and then filled it with a bunch of fake crew. I assume the sets were still around because they were definitely on that building set. Like, I was, I was busting, I was busting to hear the the behind the scenes of those of shooting all that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it was, uh, that was very, that felt very meta, like the old film within yeah. a film. The, the Melkovich scene where he's 
where he's talking about like how hot the masks are and things like you know let's let's get this let's nail this you know I'm doing it for the for the extras in the masks and things like that that really like that kind of looked like footage that could have been used taken yeah, from the original like I feel except, like except except. Uh, it, it pans across and and they're like they're yelling at Charlie Kaufman. They're like, "Oh, you, you're in the eye line. Can you get out of the get out of shot?" And he, yeah, like, you could do a bit know. of trick trick photography there, I reckon. Maybe. Yeah, that's I what I was thinking that you could probably add yeah. that in. But they a, quick, a bit of a better a job pan. than when they added um, Forrest Gump into all those other historical sequences. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a similar thing, maybe just a little more polished. Because does anybody on the top of their head know when when did John Malkovich come out? Being John Vel- yeah, being John uh, Do we know when that I was? had it in front of me. Right here. I it's feel like, like it, wasn't it wasn't long that before. Much more. Ninety nine. Yeah. Ninety nine. So th- I mean, there's a possibility that they could have kind of done a couple of scenes because he, you know, like it really depends on how long he was writing this script for. You know, like it. He may have had the ideas and then being like, oh well, whilst I'm doing John Malkovich, I'll I'll do other stuff as well. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. While you know, like. What once a film's in production, you're on mm. your next. You, as a screenwriter, you're on to your next project already. Yeah, um, you'd be. Yeah, so I don't know. And surely, even if they'd have a lot what? of those set pieces lying around as well, like surely it's just a matter of actually getting people back in. But you know, when you all live in the same town, it's not too hard to get people to get. Like on, Al, so. Al, you you work in the you work semi in the biz. Um, oh yeah, the, I'm totally in the biz. The yeah, biz. yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned you, you mentioned before, like the screenwriter job's done once it's in production. Is it? Would it be weird for the screenwriter to be hanging around on set like that? It definitely happens, um, but often it's more. They, so there's a role called a script supervisor, yeah. who is there to ensure that you stay on script, basically. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that's the screenwriter. I think that's that's a guess for me. But um, uh, another. Um, Another fine experience of mentioning the name of the title in the film. I was waiting for this. Yeah. 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 I'm like, Al's like, going to jump all over that. <laughs> My dickhead gene kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it by myself, though, so. Yeah, so I you looked Al. around at nobody. I uh, went, Al! That was the name of the movie. Quick, write it down. I um I was watching it with my partner and during that spot she'd fallen asleep so I was like no I got no one <laughs> <laughs> damn it I like the um how they set his character up that he was um like when he gets invested into something he's like one hundred percent one hundred and fifty percent invested in in whatever yeah. he's in, involved in like not mm. and it's random things they're not the same they're not linked to whether he just he's done with something and then yeah and then he's just like gone. On to the next thing. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's forgotten. It's like, I'm never touching that again. And I'm onto something completely random. So what was he, what did he start off as? What was he talking about? That, and then he goes to the fish and then he goes to. He was collecting fossils. Was he collecting fossils? That's right. Like Ice Age. Uh, Him and his mum had like the biggest collection of Ice Age fossils. Yeah. And he was like, you've probably read about it in, uh, you know, some obscure magazine. He's like, oh, I've got a copy back (laughs) here somewhere. Like, (laughs) yeah, shut up, John. Yeah. Yeah, the brav- the bravado that he showed the entire time was, you know, like super uncomfortable. You can see how he rubs people up the wrong way, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you kind of like him though. Like I was totally on board yeah, with his character. you do. That's the thing. Yeah, you do. You kind of like him though. He's not an unlikable person. Yeah, you well, can't, especially you can't after out he tells if he's us this trailer trash and like, yeah, and, and like, after the story of what happened to his family and all that sort of stuff. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the then then the 
the storm coming through and ruining the nursery and um, Jeez, yeah, that scene a lot is of brutal though. Moments. Yeah, like that scene with the car accident. Like you, mm. it, there's always. I don't know why you can always like there's there's something the camera does quite a lot and I always know those scenes you always know you know how you always know something bad is about to happen it's just something like the it's when a scene just seems too normal and you're like okay something bad is about to happen and I so I kind of anticipated it but then you know the accident happens and then he's like it's normally like you know most movies were just oh accident happens cut to black he wakes up he gets the bad news but you know he's conscious he's seeing the bodies of his family around him like that scene i was just like oh that's so like who's dead who's dead yeah Yeah. so full on you know so it kind of hit me right in the feels that scene yeah yeah copped it it pretty hard that one so yeah i i I did there was a couple of lines way early in um in the film where they were talking about um, you know, like just movies being dull and not following that that norm, and just like you know, like it's like not all films have to be happy. And I, I can't exactly remember the line, but it was along those lines. And I was just like, oh my god, this guy is a man after my own heart. I'm like, he's a man I could sit down with and watch Sicario and just watch <laughs> watch all the grim films that don't follow the Hollywood the standard Hollywood tropes and you know that that generic hero story. I'm just like, oh, I'm on board. I'm on board with this. You know, like. This film was so far out of left field that, you know, it kind of made me go, yeah, yeah, that's... Like, I really dig this film because of its obscurity. I really, um, I dug... You know, with, uh, with a standard, like, biopic or biopic, if you're so inclined, um, you know, they always say based on a true story and usually they're, like, pretty loose in what, you know, like, mm. they're... They're dramatized versions of, of someone's life, uh, but you kind of go along with it. You're like, oh yeah, that probably happened, or or whatever. With this, yeah. I really enjoyed being being aware that some of it was bullshit, and some of like I like sitting there going, I don't know if this is real. Some of it might not be. You know, like I don't know if the accident, that whole accident sequence, was something that actually happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I liked being aware of that watching this film. I liked being shown that peek behind the curtain of like, mm. yo, I'm going to play with what's narrative and what's adaptation. Uh, ah. Oh, he said it, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> I, feel, I feel sorry for the people that are going to listen to this episode that haven't seen this film because... You know, like to try and for, even for us to just sit here and 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 we didn't do the description about the film again, but that's okay because <laughs> because we'd, we'd still you know, be like, here. You would still be here, yeah. It's it's one of those movies, like yeah, people really just to even grasp and try and understand what we're talking about. You you have to see it. It's there's just no other film like this film. Like I've seen a lot of twisted, mixed up films. You know, like where it all comes together in the end or, you know, you're supposed to piece things together in, in whatever, but, like, there's just nothing that even comes close to this. That, not that I'm aware of. I don't know if you guys know any other movies that kind of have this, I'm going to call it breaking the fifth wall. There's nothing... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, <laughs> what? It's, it's like taking a piss on the fifth wall. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. I haven't looked it up, but do we know what Susan thought of it? Because... Uh, I did hear that at one point. I can't remember. It was a, she liked it enough that she signed off on it. Like yeah, she she had to sign off on it, and um, oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Isn't that Sorry. like? 
it's just it's so strange that even though the like and I haven't read the book, but even though the book does focus on characters like LaRoche and it's it's principally about the ghost orchid. So you you then have this film where the ghost orchid is featured, but it is not the main focus um, and very much gets lost in the drama of Charlie and his surroundings. Mm. I find it super interesting that she was on board and I think it's awesome that she was on board. For um, Tim, if, the, if you wrote a book that was going to get turned into a movie and they said, okay, we're going <laughs> to slightly twist your character around, but that's okay because Meryl Streep is going to be playing you, <laughs> you'd probably go, That's probably okay. all she heard. Yeah, okay, so, go, yeah, sure. <laughs> all right, before we get into the story, let me just... Uh, we've got Meryl Streep on board for you. Okay, yeah, Wesley, just sign it. Yeah, it, that's what I reckon. <laughs> imagine having done something so significant in your life that Meryl Streep plays you in a film. Like, yeah, exactly yeah, right. It would be quite surreal. I, I, I would love Meryl Streep to play me in a yeah. film. She probably She'd could and it. probably nail it. She'd, She'd nail an Academy you, Award for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see Meryl Streep doing the... 2004 to 2006 period of <laughs> that now that she'd have to she'd have to method act for that i reckon <laughs> yeah exactly right might take her a few years to put on all that weight but right, whatever. <laughs> she'd learn how to make oh, scones and... <laughs> hey look just don't Not go near Mer- don't go scones. near meryl at the moment she's a bit crazy she's she's studying for her yeah. next film Brad the early <laughs> Not only the making of scones, Al, it was the matching of those scones to Cooper's to Red. Be, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> what? There's a lot of information a... I'm missing out on here. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, can imagine, I can imagine her reading the script going, why are they going to this pub for karaoke again? I don't get again. it. <laughs> why again? Do we have... Couldn't we do this in a montage or something? <laughs> 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 oh goodness! Uh, God. Uh, I mean, I tell you, it's it's one thing for the for the actors to sign off on this, and you know, for Cheryl to sign off on this. Susan, it's, but it's Susan. Susan, thank you. I, I was like, I, again, I don't have my notes, <laughs> Cheryl. Uh, but it's it's one thing. Sorry, it's because her name's Meryl. Uh, it's it's one thing for like the, you know, the 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 producers, the, the the money men and women who are funding this film to sign off on it as well. Like imagine trying to, can you imagine the meetings that they had to have in order to try and convince them to actually make this film? Like I would have almost enjoyed seeing background footage of that. Here, so we're going to make a movie that's about me making the movie, writing the movie. It's like, like it just would have been insane because he would have had to <laughs> explain it to people, which is something I certainly wouldn't want to try and do. It would have yeah. been bizarre. Well, I think like, those meetings got, would have been crazy. He had he had a bit un well, he had some stuff under his belt. Like John Malkovich was a uh, being John Malkovich was quite successful from my understanding. Mm. Um, and this was sort of his second, not his second, his third. Um, but you know they would have had a bit of a bit of a rep, I think, by this stage. And and you get that impression with the Tilda Swinton conversation where she's like, we're really excited to see right. what you come up with. You know, like he clearly has a rep for a strange... Obscure approach. kind of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like did you say... I never never understood how to pronounce it, but it's like cynic doki or cynic, cynic doke... New York. No, I can't can't say I've seen that. It's it's 
kind of crazy, but it's like it's Philip Seymour Hoffman's this theatre director, and he is so, he's sort of having writer's block as well, and he goes into he he builds this like full scale version of New York in a warehouse, and just yeah, has right. people like performing all the time, and it's and it's that it's again it's that like layers of meta watching that, and it's yeah, pause that again it's, that does it's sound called familiar. like cynic doki new york yeah like, right. i think that's how you say it yeah, okay yeah it's but, got yeah, philip seymour hoffman and uh kathleen kenner again and yeah, yeah it's like similar similar people so yeah um yeah but check that out but I, yeah like I, I certainly said, yeah i was gonna say i certainly don't think that the um the whole I feel like there's been a lot of movies and TV shows and things like that that have definitely um, gone down the path of writer's block and, and writers going through a unique experience of discovering how to create a script or, or something like that, but never never like incorporating the script they're writing into the movie. That's definitely a new one. Like Genre defining and film defining. Did we ever? Did we? What does IMDb? Not that I like to refer to IMDb too much, but what does IMDb say about what this genre is? Like, what's the actual classification? Because comedy I, and so, drama. I don't know if it's a comedy drama. Yeah, oh, it's, it's not that funny, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, it's pretty funny at the same time. It's not funny. It's funny, you know. It's it's one of those films. It's it's funnier to talk about afterwards than actually yeah. watching it. Yeah. Um, How weird was so that? So trying to explain it to someone makes it hilarious, but watching it, it was like it's there's not a lot of laugh out loud moments. No, it's it's amusing where you're sitting there because you're just going, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. But then talking about it afterwards makes it it's hilarious. Yeah, I did look. I have to admit, I had a bit of a giggle when uh, when you know. I found out that he had a twin brother was also played by Nick Cage. I was just like, ah, oh, I was like, I had a good giggle at that. Uh, that two was, Nick Cages, can't go wrong. Oh my goodness. But, but it's weird because like Charlie's like really down on himself all the time and um, Donald is sort of like so much more upbeat and confident in Super himself charismatic than, than, and, and, and charismatic yeah. and than, than Charlie is. Charlie's this real downer person and, and <laughs> kind of a little bit of socially awkward, you know, kind yeah, of a loser like- sort of thing, but... Donald just accepts himself and all his flaws, whereas Charlie's just obsessed by it all. He's obsessed by yeah. his his shortcomings. Do you know? But he also, I have to and, admit, and Donald sorry, keeps no, trying right. to talk up Charlie as well all the time. He's, he keeps going to him. He's like, "Man, you're, you're a genius. genius. Yeah. You know, you're you're yeah. the one that's the smart one here. I'm just trying to follow in your footsteps. I'm nowhere near as good as you. You're the one. You know, you're it." And he's like, nah. yeah, "Whatever." Yeah. <laughs> so the, let, let's talk about the the really shit script that Donald keeps pitching. <laughs> I have to admit, yeah, I have to admit, I started scouring my brain, scanning and and trying to remember. I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is actually based on a movie that is released. I wonder if he's having a bit of a crack at a movie that's out. And I couldn't really compare it to anything. I was like, no, I can't think of anything that would go along those lines. But But I was like, is um he... Is he having a crack at a a particular film? I was like... The only thing that came to mind was like single white female. Oh yeah, uh, I haven't seen what's it. What's the um, what's the M Night Shyamalan Shyamalan? Is that split? it with oh, um, yeah, James McAvoy? Yeah, maybe, but they're not all one person, are they? Because it's well, he's <laughs> got he's got multiple personality disorders. Isn't that a 
part of yeah. like a there's a like a group of films that are all yeah that and that's and one of the series of that unbreakable and something else and, and there's you know what no there is a movie called glass glass well glass was like the connection the connecting film to split and unbreakable there's a film that cusack's in that follows this kind of similar thing it's either called motel or or something where it's kind of like a horror thriller where he's 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 a limo driver, but there's a cop. Blah blah. All these people end up in a motel, and people start getting murdered. But then it turns oh, out it's yeah. all the the imagination of this one guy who's in prison. Room room. Oh, what is that? One one three or something. Mm, I'm gonna Maybe. have to look it up. I would, but I don't have internet. The um, old but, it was all a dream thing. Yeah. Well, no, but it's not. It's the actually old. really well done because they ultimately it's it's a it's a psychology experiment or you know uh, where. They're trying to get this serial killer who's got all these split personalities to all the personalities to realize and kill certain ones off. And it was actually really well done for a kind of you know, like a cheesy kind of horror film. It was actually really good, but it did kind of follow that same three pattern where it all turns out it's the one person. And finally enough, it has John Cusack in it. So there you go. maybe kind of a connection there, but I'll find out what it is. I'll post it on our Facebook. I'll let you guys know, but it was, it was actually really good. It was, it's it's a worthy watch. And it even it has one of our favorite. Oh, what's that guy's name? I'm so shit with names today. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> you kept all your name knowledge in your collarbone, mate. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Who's the guy? We love him. He's in Scrubs. Touché. He plays the really grumpy guy, but he's been in a lot of movies. That he... John C. McGinley. Yeah, he's curly hair dude. Harp kind of from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harp from Harp. Point Break. Yes, yes, exactly right. Yeah, so Harp, he's he's in the movie as well, and he's 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 really good. So I'll find he's good in most things he does. Though. He's he's a really good actor. He's true. he's Sorry awesome to... in uh, in Platoon. Oh yeah. Platoon. Oh, Sorry yeah, to interrupt this awesome. uh, brainstorming session. Are we kicking on? In, <laughs> yeah. We kicking on time. <laughs> ah, a little yeah. bit chill. Oh, look, that's <laughs> good chat. It was nice to hang out, fellas. I'll catch you later. Yeah, look, you know what, fellas? I I know it's time for then. I think we might be kicking on in time, boys. It's got to be time for Al's favorite segment, <laughs> Al's favorite segment which uh, undoubtedly is every film has a shared universe. <laughs> All right, so we've 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 established that um, Donald liked Sarah Marshall, who yep. dated Elder Snow, who's a musician, <laughs> who is yep. clearly maybe oh he's maybe he's had some kind of involvement in Wild Stallions, or he was just maybe. <laughs> An, impart, uh, an important part of them bringing music to the masses, maybe. I don't know. Absolutely. What if... Wow. All right, well, let's let's continue this very long-drawn bow. <laughs> what if... Uh, hey, the in... facts are there, Al. The facts are there. We oh, that's the irrefutable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love how that we're connecting this film through another film. <laughs> what if, d- during the, the height of Wild Stallion's fame... They were. They went on to like some sort of procedural drama TV show uh, that was then scored by Jason Segel. Uh, what's his name? In forgetting Sarah Marshall, and then he knows remember. he goes out with Sarah Marshall, who used to date Donald. Well, used to go to school with Donald. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, they both they both like you said a long drawn bow, but I think they both work rather well. You know, people in the industry know each other. I mean, this is just how yeah. it is. Yeah, it's how it is. This is how it is. Yeah. 
is. Music, films, it's all it's, it's all, all It's all just incorporated. <laughs> okay, I've, yeah. I've got another one. Uh, uh, Tilda Swinton's uh, executive or uh, movie producer. Uh, she's, she's, you know, she's quite excited to, to meet Charlie and, you know, excited to see the next film. She seems like quite maybe new and nervous at her job it's because she's just transitioned over from music production uh oh. and she used she's just come off the back of of hit records from uh producing hit records from wild stallions mm. <laughs> yep <laughs> yep yeah i'm oh, on all of this maybe taking that a bit far <laughs> no, no 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 not at all i'm on board the point is it's perfect <laughs> it's all connected yeah it's, it's universal. Yep. <laughs> it's, fantastic. It's fantastic. Great stuff. Well done, guys. I loved it. Well, we got there. I've got uh, I've got a bit here from Rick. Oh, Listener good. Rick. Nice. Who suggested this film. Hello, he said, Rick. Hello. He said, I'll keep this brief. <laughs> Obviously, I want to give Sandam School film a film to sink your teeth into, and this one doesn't disappoint. There's so much to talk about, which I'm sure you already have. After seeing it at the pictures... This was my favourite film for ages and is still up there. I find the best films of the series uh, serious, but with good humour thrown in and I and have a lot of heart. With the, in, the invention of Donald, the meta side of it and the cast are all a lot of fun with John, Susan and McGee. This film is bananas. So mm, if I yep. scored Lebowski 150% on the Sand Demon wow. scale, mm. then Adaptation would be slightly higher at 160 for its oh. originality. Thank you so oh, much, nice. fellas. I hope you have fun with it. Yes. Sure. Yes, we did, Rick. Yes, we did, Rick. Hell yeah. Thank you yep. for that yep. suggestion. Hey, just just before we get into ratings, I think it'd be good. I've had a couple of people uh, listen to some of our newer episodes, but we haven't explained how the Sandeem scale works. Ooh. Go for so, it, uh, Okay, so... Yep, so we we obviously are a Bill and Ted-themed... <laughs> very obviously a Bill and Ted-themed podcast. One of the best we, in the biz, mind you. Absolutely, one Easily of the, best, the second not. best. Easily, at least <laughs> the yeah. second best. Coming in a, probably a close third, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but so we rate all films against Bill and Ted, so we automatically give Bill and Ted a a generic rating of one hundred percent because it's such an awesome film. Now this means that movies that we choose can rate higher than Bill and Ted, so you could give it a score of if you think a movie is twice as good as Bill and Ted, then you would give it a score of two hundred percent. If you think it's half as good as Bill and Ted, then you would give it a score of fifty percent, so forth and so forth. That is the irrefutable, the undeniable, the flawless Sandema scale. It's a great system. <laughs> I think that's a I think it's a pretty good system. Yeah, it works system. really well. 80% for me. 80%? Yep. Yep. It's great. Yep. It's not Bill and Ted. <laughs> yep. Enough said. Uh, I'm... Oh, I'll go. I'll, um... Oh, you know what? I've seen this a lot, actually. Um, and I'm a big fan of it. <sighs> Jeez, this is tough. I, part of me wants to go above 100 on this. Um, Ooh. But I think... I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the nineties. I reckon I'm about a ninety seven. I love I, oh, I yeah. really enjoy this movie. I get I do get really sucked into it. And I did notice a lot more now that I was watching it for the podcast. I actually um there was a lot of little things that I picked up in the screenwriting aspect of it, of things that he did that he was 
blatantly showing us on screen They're that he was going to yeah, do yeah. or he'd already done. And yeah. for some reason, there was a lot of that I just had never picked up. Maybe I'd never thought about it as, enough, but mm. picking those up this time was was just a gem for me. I thought, yeah, um, it's enhanced the movie even more than what it was before. So, yeah, about 97 for me. Nice one. Uh, I'm about to go. I'll, I'll give it a 63%. So... You know, it's very good. I, I love a, a really just a thinker's film, a, a movie that doesn't follow the Hollywood tropes, you know, the standard kind of story. It's no Sicario, uh, but it is also no Bill and Ted. Uh, and, uh, yeah, 63%. So, Bradley, eh? Yeah, I'm going to be around about with you there, Jules. Um, great film. Like, excellently done. Well acted. Excellently written. It's not quite up there on as far as the, yeah with Bill and Ted for me, but so I'm going to be I'm going to give it a sixty nine. Yay! Sixty nine. <laughs> awesome. That almost nice. makes it better than Bill and Ted, really. Almost, <laughs> almost, yeah, almost. <laughs> Very good. Oh um, That's uh, almost like the golden score. We've got to we've got to really uh, think about what we're going to do next year. Al, you are the keeper of the list. Are we going to keep on uh-huh. with some? Um, I think we should keep list on. Request, yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. Where, hey Tim, before before I do that, where can you find us? Sure. Um, we you can find <laughs> us on Facebook. Search us San Dimas School of Film. Uh, send us an email. Sandemasfilm at gmail We do appreciate emails that come through if they ever do. Um, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, Instagram as well, at Sandemis Film. So do get in touch, get some requests into us. We love doing requests. We don't have to think about choosing. That's always good. Al, uh, on with the next film. <laughs> uh, right, so I looked at the list uh, because I knew it was on there and I wondered where it sat, and amazingly, it's next. So <laughs> I couldn't believe this. This was great. Uh there's a point in this film when, in adaptation, when he's in the bar with McGee, and McGee said, "Oh, you know, uh, I've forgotten their names, but I know, you where know you who go. else was, you know, who else was a twin was the guys who wrote Casablanca," and he says, "Best screenplay ever written." I look at my list. Guess what we're doing next? Listener request from Dad, in fact. Ah. Our, old man, our old man's got on. He's gone. Have you done Casablanca yet? I'm like, is this a request, Dad? He's like, oh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna go back to the black and white era. Awesome. Uh, and I I haven't seen this film in ages, but I remember loving it. So shamefully, I've never seen it. So I don't think I've seen it either. Never seen mm. it. Um, oh, no. I'm but I'm really excited. It's been one of those movies that everybody talks about. It's you know, it's a, such a historical film. It's it's such an amazing film. But yeah, like I almost feel guilty as like a movie buff that yeah, I put in air quotes. You know there, what though? That, like I, I feel like seen it. movies like that that have such high stature, I get yeah. intimidated by and I never start. And it was like that yeah. with The Godfather. I didn't start. The, I didn't watch a Godfather until really late in my life. Yeah. Me, anyway, yeah, um, same. Just Sometimes you think, don't want to wreck the hype of the film, though, for yourself because you go, oh, yeah. everyone rates this so great. And it's like, what if I watch it and I don't like it? Well, you know, what's wrong with me? And, exactly right. And, so and, it's probably and, in that category for me, for sure. Well, yeah. I guess we'll awesome. find out next episode. How exciting. You bloody ripper. It's a war film, yeah? <laughs> yep. Yep. It's it's set in okay. uh, <clears throat> Casablanca. You don't oh. say. I wonder if they'll mention <laughs> the movie title, Al. You'll be, you'll be on <laughs> Jeez, nice weather in Casablanca today, and you're at home like. (gasps) (laughs) 
Ding, Roll ding, credits. Ding. <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, great work, guys. Um, Rick, thanks again for the request. And look, we'll all see you next time for Casablanca. Three out of four of us haven't seen it. Looking forward to it. In the meantime, keep being excellent to your ears. Don't forget to potty on dudes. <laughs>